listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. You are going to like the topic today. Well, then don't keep it from me any longer. Just tell me already. You are you know about it way more than I do. But I don't know if you this know like This could be anything, re- am I right? <laughs> if you if you know the history and I really want you to to deep dive and learn something new. Uh, the topic is motorcycles. Oh, cool. You love motorcycles. I do love motorcycles. You're yeah. always spotting them and telling me which ones are cool and which <laughs> ones aren't that cool. There's a hard line between cool and uncool and as far I, as I'm concerned I with I don't know what it is. I truly have no idea. Every time we see a new motorcycle, I don't know if this is a cool one or a not cool one. Yeah. There's no way of knowing. But yeah, get into the history a little bit. Um, maybe you can tell us about how they work a little, where they came from, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Cool. I'm excited. I'm yeah. pretty sure they are um, of American origin. I'm pretty sure. But not positive, so I'll have to verify that. Um, cool. And I know they've been around for a real long time. I mean, like, I think they predate cars even. Wow. That's awesome. I might sound like an idiot, but I'm pretty sure there were, like, commercially available motorcycles before cars. Well, you'll find out. Yeah. Now you can become an expert on something that you already love. How about that? What a great day. Yeah. All right, get into it. Okay, I'll see you in 30. Bye. Well, I feel like an idiot because (laughs) motorcycles are not American, nor do they predate cars. Wow. Well, lucky for you that you looked it up in this context instead of saying it at some fancy party and then really making a fool of yourself. Just yeah. in front of all our listeners. <laughs> um, okay. Motorcycles. I think we all know a motorcycle is a two-wheeled and, in some cases, a three-wheeled motor vehicle. Wow. That's the tricycle of motorcycles? I guess so. Um, well, we'll get to it, but one of the early versions of a motorcycle was three-wheeled, so Mm. I don't know if that's what the definition is alluding to, or if they do classify three-wheeled, which they make, not so common, but they do make them three-wheeled vehicles. Um, But I don't know if that's a motorcycle. I don't know. Mm. I guess I should know, if anyone should know right right now. (laughs) I most certainly don't know. Don't ask me. (laughs) It's essentially a motorcycle is a bike with an engine, aka a motor bike. Great. And there are three major types. So you've got your your street motorcycles, which would be like a Harley. That's a street motorcycle. Okay. Like a, you know, picture like what a biker yeah. a biker is riding. That's Big, a street motorcycle. Shiny. Uh a I don't know the correct term for them, but a, a crotch rocket. You know, like that's a motorcycle. <laughs> you know, like the the Japanese ones that are really fast. Okay. That's what I'm, they call them. I've never heard this term. Oh, really? Yeah, it feels um, a little... It's a little risky. Yeah, but, a little uh, <laughs> That's a street uh, motorcycle. A big cruising bikes, the type where you see, you know, like a an older couple and they're both wearing headsets and the wife is like sitting behind the, the husband and she's like, you know, a few inches high. Like those big old motorcycles. The, yeah. The ones where like they almost reach up to put their hands on the... Uh, I mean, I, that's more like a chopper what you're doing. Oh. 
Um, I was demonstrating. But anyway, that is a street motorcycle. So that's the first category. The second category would be off-road motorcycles, like dirt bikes and trail bikes. The third category is called, uh, it's got a few different names, Dual Sport is one, you know, probably the most commonly used name, and that is essentially a combination of a street motorcycle and an off-road motorcycle. So it's got Mm. the physical capabilities to do off-road riding, like knobbier tires and better suspension for going up and over bumps and logs and things like that. But then it has got the legal requirements to drive on the road. So whereas with something like a dirt bike, those don't have horns on them or uh, brake lights yeah. or a license plate. Either they're not registered with the state like a car is because it's not a street vehicle. Right. But these sense. dual sport ones kind of combine both worlds. So it's got the more the look of a dirt bike, um, but it has the headlights and it's got the license plate and things like that. Cool. So those are your three major types. There's so much to cover with this subject of motorcycles. It really, like, it. this could have been a few different podcasts. It could be all about the history. It could be all about the different sports involving motorcycles. It mm. could be about the most famous brand. I mean, Harley-Davidson on its own could be its own brand, you know? Like, wonder, Vespa's on its own could yeah. be its own uh, episode, rather. You know, like, right. there's so much stuff like that. I wonder if your personal interest has made the topic expand a bit for you too because this is the first time that you've really felt that way I feel like full disclosure we usually never talk when Zach is doing his research but um but he checked in with me when he started motorcycles and he even said there's so much here I don't know what to focus on yeah with this one I so what I settled on was essentially the history I figured Great. what you know what better place to start than there and then that's kind of where we'll end it as well a, a pretty detailed look at the invention of the motorcycle, followed by a timeline that kind of tapers out as they become more modern. And it's just like, there's what do you even talk about at that point? There's yeah. so many different ways that it goes. But cool. so we're going to start in 1885 with mm-hmm. two German guys in Germany named Gottlieb Daimler and Wilhelm Maybach. Nice. They both have last names for first names and last names. <laughs> they do. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah, I get it now. I thought you meant they have last names for first names. They do. I mean the other way. Boy, is this confusing. All right. So they became the first people to put an internal combustion engine on a two-wheeled vehicle. Now, I said that motorcycles don't predate cars, which is true, but they really were happening at the same time, like literally both 1885, both in Germany. Yeah, because when you said 1885, to me, that seems like about the time that cars were coming up, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not really the time cars are coming up. It was the time cars were first invented. Right, so they're invented at the same time. Yeah, yeah. 1886 is when the guy, uh, I think Carl Benz is his name, which is the name of Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. Uh, 1886 is when he put the patent on the, like, internal combustion engine wagon. And that was the first car? Yeah. Wow. So, But he, you know, had built it in 1885, the same year that uh, Daimler and Maybach put the motor on a two-wheeled vehicle. Now, what's crazy is that Daimler, when he died, he actually died in a car accident, oh, ironic enough. ironic. And his company... When he died, his company was then taken over by people who worked for him. Long story short, they combined with Benz, 
Longer story short, Daimler is listed as one of the founders of Mercedes-Benz. Oh, wow. And then Maybach, he is... Yeah. I don't know if it's Maybach. I don't... I keep switching between Maybach and Maybach. Anyway, that's the car brand. Yeah. Maybach, that's mm-hmm. him. That's his name, too. Wow. So these, these guys. guys both really went on to... They were prolific. Yeah. They Their really made a mark production. on the automotive world. So they invent this thing, and they call it the right wagon, which means riding car. Because German is so weird how so many of the words are just English words. Or are so many English words. Right. Scratch German that, words. perhaps. Could Take be. I don't know. Anyway, these two, they met when they were young. Um, I think Maybach was like 15 when they met. So they're in the lab, and they are really what their focus is, is tinkering with the internal combustion engine and trying to build it as light and as powerful and as efficient as they can. And they succeeded. So what they did was put this engine on a two-wheeled vehicle, not because they were trying to invent a new form of transportation, but just because that was like a quick, easy thing to attach this engine to, to test it out. Because they already had the two-wheeled two-wheeled vehicle? Bicycles were, yeah, bicycles had so existed they, long before that. they had that. an engine and they were like, grab that bike throw it on there more or less they didn't put it on an existing bike they did build their own but it's they weren't setting out to invent the motorcycle you Mm -hmm. understand what i mean they were Mm -hmm. just kind of proving the um the power of this engine that they had built it's really strange looking this right wagon if you look it up we can put a photo up it's I don't even know how to explain it other than it almost looks like a barrel that you ride on. Like, it's it's very, very ugly. It's really weird. doesn't quite look like a motorcycle. So, the first motorcycle that was really designed for commercial sale was a couple years later. It was built in 1888. And this is in England by a guy named Edward Butler. And that is the one that was the three-wheeled kind of prototype motorcycle. So, mm-hmm. it almost looked like a wheelchair with then a third wheel, like, front and center, sticking out a little bit. Almost like, I think actually in the Paralympics, they race chairs like this. It's almost like mm-hmm. a recumbent bike we- okay. wheelchair. Yeah. That's what it looked like, more or less. Uh, that was designed for commercial sale, and it had a really state-of-the-art engine. Oh. Like, the best of its time, but he couldn't get any financial backing, honestly, probably because it was so stupid looking. Oh. Um, so that failed. But we're talking about 1885, 1888 right now. The definition of the motorcycle as it is today is an engine, like an internal combustion engine powered two-wheel vehicle. Mm-hmm. If you count steam-powered engines, they had been built a couple decades prior. Two-wheeled so, steam-powered vehicles? Yeah, yeah. So there was a guy in France and a guy in the U.S. who both built in 1867 what they were called uh, Velocipedes, which is a two-wheeled vehicle. Or a fun new dinosaur. (laughs) Michel Perrault Steam Velocipede, that was the French guy, of course, and then the Roper Steam Velocipede, both built in 1867, same year. Separate. Yeah, totally separate, steam-powered ones. Um, But with today's definition of motorcycle, those aren't recognized as the first motorcycles because they were Mm, mm -hmm. steam-powered. which is a pretty minor distinction, if you ask me, in the yeah. whole life cycle, pardon the pun, of like creating right. what we have today as the motorcycle. That definitely seems like it's at least the first step, which yeah. is why it's mentioned in this 
conversation, but um, for the sake of like a motorcycle as we know it today, they look at uh, Daimler and Maybach. Mm-hmm. So in 1896, this is about 10 years after the Wright Wagon, uh, a German brand named Hildebrand and Wolfmuller, they <laughs> introduced the first production motorcycle, the first motorcycle that is being produced in mass and sold to the public. Mm-hmm. And it actually is the first one to call itself a motorcycle. It looks like a motorcycle, though, as opposed to the you know prior iterations. This one, of course, it's not what we see on the roads today, but mm-hmm. it really looks like a motorcycle. Then two years later in Massachusetts, there's the first United States-made production motorcycle by a guy named Charles Metz. Over the next three years, so now we're getting into like 1901 Mm -hmm. brands like triumph royal enfield norton which are all out of england Mm -hmm. and then harley davidson and indian these brands are all established in the next three years and these are legendary brands really yeah i mean these are brands that like people still cherish today i mean several of these are still in production today and the ones that aren't are like they're relics you know that like they are people love them you'll see people walking around wearing a Norton t-shirt you know like uh-huh. these brands are still very much alive wow yeah really and they cool all happened at the same time yeah all in and about a few years long span. ago mm-hmm. that's well over a hundred years ago oh yeah I mean it's it's pretty crazy by World War One so you know jump ahead another decade or so Indian which is an American brand the world's largest selling motorcycle manufacturer they're selling over 20,000 motorcycles a year wow. in 1915 yeah give that's or take. a lot and that really worked out with the unfortunate start of World War One, because horses were on their way out just as motorcycles were really gaining popularity. So, mm. Well, good for the horses. Yeah, they got the day off. Yeah. They were like, I'm just going to stay here and eat hay. Good. Yeah. Uh, they, The bike really replaced horses for the messengers in the war. I believe there were still horses used in World War One, mm-hmm. but... Not the way they were prior to that. Yeah. I think they were probably used a little more behind the scenes, you know? They're not on the front lines. Yeah. Like, if you have a motorcycle that can move a lot quicker than a horse can, that was the weapon of choice. So Harley-Davidson at this time, they're selling over 50% of their production line is going straight to the army. Oh, wow. Triumph, uh, which is one of the English brands, they sell 30,000 motorcycles to uh, the war effort. And these are their Type H model bikes, mm-hmm. which was really considered the first modern motorcycle. And again, if you look that one up, it looks even more like a motorcycle as we know it today. Mm-hmm. Really cool. It had like a 500cc engine, which was a, a large engine, even by today's standards. That's a, a good size motorcycle engine, a three-speed transmission. It, it was a modern motorcycle. It didn't have pedals the prior ones had foot pedals, like a bicycle, and that's what oh, you used to like, really? get the yeah to like start the engine moving, you wow. know. Um, and it was nicknamed the Trusty Triumph because no matter the conditions, like rain, snow, cold, frozen, like these bikes really, really worked. Like the post office. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No <laughs> days off, um, and you could look at that and say that that was a real um, factor in. The winning of the war. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, why not? That's cool. Well, what? Uh, oh, right. <laughs> I was thinking World War Two. I was like, the Germans had motorcycles. <laughs> but, sorry. Yeah, I guess, you know what? The Germans 
I mean, granted, they were the ones who invented the motorcycle. They must have had motorcycles in World War One. I. I didn't come across any stats of who was selling them to them at that point because even today, at least in a global market, I don't think there are many German motorcycles that are really widely produced besides BMW. Uh, and I don't think... BMW is German? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It stands for Bavarian Motor Works. Really? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Um, but I don't think they were around then. So I don't know. Maybe nobody was selling bikes to the Germans. I guess it's possible. Yeah. So World War One ends, and these people, the men who were overseas fighting, they loved these motorcycles. Mm. You know, they spent so much time on them that when they came home, they were like, yeah, I want a motorcycle. I, yeah. I want to ride around on a motorcycle. So I can imagine they're so zippy and it's easy to... The streets were even smaller back then and you could get around, maneuver really, really easily and quickly. Totally. And I mean, at that time, motorcycles are really becoming uh, trendy too. Mm. You know, they, they had been around before that. Remember, they weren't brand new in World War One, right. but they really were, they were producing more than they ever had in World War One, and it became a sort of lifestyle thing, you know, that's where the, the kind of biker lifestyle kind of evolved, you wow. know, like, it's just mm-hmm. these guys and their bikes, like, that's, that's yeah. their kind of lifesaver, you know, so sales really skyrocket, and by 1920, Harley-Davidson is selling in 67 countries, which, wow. that's insane to me. I found that really hard to believe. That is insane. I didn't is even that... know there were 67 countries <laughs> in 1920. Oh, yeah. Honestly, that's a lot. But that, and that didn't happen back then. I mean, nowadays, if you're selling in 67 countries, you're like, that's, wow, good for you. That's still incredible but, today. Yeah, If you're exactly. selling in 67 countries today, that's that's even hard to believe. I, right. Yeah. But back then, yeah. I, how did you even talk to them? You got their phone number? Honest like, to God, crazy. yeah. <laughs> Shipping to 67 different countries seems yeah. really That's unbelievable. That's amazing. Good for them. So around that same time, companies really began building their bikes for speed. Mm. It wasn't as much just a alternative to a car. This was, like I said, becoming a sort of lifestyle. You know, yeah. there's a kind of energy around it where it's like, it's cool, it's, it's daring, it's kind mm-hmm. of risky. So... People are setting land speed records like 100 miles an hour, 110 miles an hour, 120 wow. miles an hour. People got really into it. Because they couldn't, you couldn't go that fast in a car back then. No, I don't think they had any cars going that fast back then. That's really cool. Yeah. So by 1930, uh, there's a German company in the picture now. They are called DKW. They take over as the largest manufacturer in the world. Mm. So the production's really jumping around you know you have the u.s dominating at one point with harley davidson you have england making really really fine-tuned motorcycles that are selling all over the world and then this german company dkw they pop up they take over the global market 1950s comes around and there's even more new companies italy has a company named uh, moto guzzi and they they're still around today and they really put an emphasis not just them, all the brands of the 50s, but, you know, like the Italian kind of flair on it. Mm, they really course. put an emphasis on the design mm. and streamlining the bike and increasing the speed. And that exploded the interest in motorcycle racing. Oh, cool. That's kind of where it starts. So 1949, the Motorcycle Grand Prix is established 
and like I said, racing really takes off. Where is that? Um, I don't know. I didn't see where it was established. I didn't look at that, but I would imagine it's a global thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really like all is coming together at a really interesting time. So we're talking 1949, like late 40s, early 50s, mm-hmm. end of World War II. Like yeah. the economy's getting back on its feet and doing really well. These Italian brands, these German brands, like the English brands, the American brands, they're all experimenting. They're all, the competition is just driving the quality up, up, and up. And then you have people like James Dean coming yeah. into the picture who. Mm-hmm. He grew up riding a Triumph motorcycle, and he has wow. that cool guy persona, you know. And he, there's, you know, people have posters of him on his motorcycle. Right. You really picture that time era. Um, a cool guy has a motorcycle right now. Hundred percent. Honestly, I don't know what a cool guy has right now, but like <laughs> not necessarily a motorcycle, but yeah. definitely in the fifties, every cool guy had a motorcycle and a leather jacket, probably. Well. That brings us to Marlon Brando. Oh. In his movie, The Wild One, he plays like a motorcycle outlaw. He's part of a motorcycle gang, and that's exactly that. They wear those little, what would you call it, almost like a pork pie hat or a cabbie hat? I don't know what the name of it is, but, you know, those little, like, flat kind of caps, like the leather biker ones, um, Uh leather jackets, like cigarette hanging out of their mouth. You know, it is just that cool yeah you can't deny that it's it's very cool cool. so you have his popularity james dean's popularity these movies that are huge hits it it's really becoming iconic these guys are becoming cultural icons based off of these looks totally and that has lasted yeah i mean if you look at that as the start of this cool guy look you know like that has evolved over time but it does still remain. If yeah. you're in the motorcycle community, you know, there is still a vibe. There's still a cool way to angle your handlebars and the size of them and the width of them and the size of your yeah. tire. You know, like anything. All kinds of, yeah, insider info that exactly. if you're a motorcycle person, you understand. Yeah. I would never understand. But, yeah, that's in- really cool when people develop cult. When something is a strong enough presence in people's lives that they can build culture around it, that's really, really cool. Yeah, and it's really like it evolves, but it also kind of keeps that classic touch. If you think of like a, you know, someone who's like a kind of rockabilly style, it's like Mm -hmm. they probably are wearing a pompadour and they are wearing Levi jeans and a leather jacket and they would have a motorcycle that's like of that time period, you know? I I think it's pretty cool. It's definitely cool that people really like remember that era and kind of keep its roots right there. Yeah. And of course... Like we said at the start, the motorcycle community and all the brands, they just branch off in a million different directions that they do become so different on the outside of this wheel. But like right. at the hub is that just cool factor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, whether you're racing yeah. them motocross, racing dirt bikes, or you're the diehard Harley guy who's owned Harleys for the last 50 years, or you're the young guy who just likes to zip around town on a motorcycle. Like the thing that kind of joins the three of you is that you just have a love of that sport of riding motorcycles yeah it's really cool it is cool so today most of the motorcycles in the world are produced in india or japan which was really surprising to me the japanese part i knew that's brands like honda and yamaha they're sold 
all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's an Indian brand named the Hero Motor Corp, which I have never heard of. And if you count their motorcycle sales and scooter sales, they're the largest two-wheeled vehicle manufacturer on earth. Wow. Yeah. I've never even heard of them. They, they must not sell them in America. Mm. And if you think about places like India, countries that tend to have a a larger lower class, you know, don't make as much money, um, mm-hmm. poor, I guess for lack of a better word, poorer countries, mm-hmm. motorcycles are great. They're yeah. really fuel efficient. They're quite cheap. I mean, they're obviously a lot cheaper than a, a car. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they require very little storage space. Yeah. So all of that combined, taking that into consideration, 58% of motorcycles on earth are owned by people in Asia Pacific, Southern Asia, or Eastern Asia. Wow. Yeah. Those countries they where everybody's packed in really tight and yeah. there's a lot of traffic congestion, which is another big plus of motorcycles. Right. You, kind of miss out on all of the traffic. So it makes sense that they sell like crazy over there and that India specifically, I mean, India has so many people that they would have one of the largest manufacturers on earth. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I think that's cool that literally the third largest motorcycle company in the world, I've never even heard of, yeah. but they're selling that many overseas that right. it's, pre- yeah, it's pretty neat. Okay. So getting into some more fun facts fun to facts. wrap it up here. I love the fun facts. The most produced motor vehicle of all time is the Honda Super Cub, which is technically a motorcycle. It looks more like a scooter, but it is technically a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. It's been in production continuously since 1958. Wow. Every year they've made a new model. Wow. They've sold... Like Jordans. Yeah, (laughs) like the Jordan (laughs) basketball shoes. Uh, They've sold well over 100 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The numbers I saw were, I think the most recent year they had listed was 2017, mm-hmm. and they had crested $100 million in 2017. But then, you know, three years before that, like 2018, they had reached like $85 million sold, you know, and then yeah. three years later it was $100 million sold. So I'm sure by now, 2020, I'm sure they're $120 million plus. Yeah. Are you familiar with them? Are they like really reliable great um you don't see them here much like i said if you look it up it 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 looks more like a scooter if you see a photo of it it's it's they've sold 100 million of them it is something you've seen before but it's not an everyday thing in the u.s but i'll bet it's an every corner thing in most parts of asia you know but yeah it would look familiar if you saw a photo of it it would at least look like other scooter things you've seen so that's pretty crazy Another insane stat, as we said, motorcycles are really fuel efficient, which is great. And there was a competition, a challenge rather, called the Craig Vetter Fuel Economy Challenge. Okay. And that's exactly what it sounded like, a fuel economy challenge. And it was created by a motorcycle enthusiast and inventor of, um, there's a piece on a motorcycle called a fairing, which I think by definition just means a molded shape around the frame to kind of reduce the drag. So if you picture a motorcycle, you know, it's got its headlight in the front and then it has plastic that Mm -hmm. goes off the sides that, yeah, makes it a little more aerodynamic. Yes. Then, you know, on larger motorcycles, it's like the big windshield, like that's also called a fairing. This guy was um, an inventor in that field, so he created this this challenge to see how uh, fuel efficient people could be on a motorcycle. Mm Mm-hmm. 
there's a guy named Matsu Matsuzawa, Japanese man, mm-hmm. and he tricked out a Honda XL125, which is a dirt bike, like a street trail, like a dual sport, like we said. Okay. Um, motorcycle 125, which is a pretty small engine. Okay. And he had it, like, fully decked out with fairings you know so if you see this thing it doesn't look like any motorcycle that you would see on the street it's got um housing built all over it to make it more aerodynamic anyway he got that thing to perform at 470 miles per gallon (gasps) whoa yeah that's awesome in this challenge they do it's not just like in a laboratory it's not just taking the engine and hooking it up to machines and seeing how, how efficient this was a real like you drive from Colorado Springs, Colorado to Denver, like whatever it was, I forget the exact mm-hmm. cities, but it's like on real highways in real conditions, and we're going to measure your fuel at the start <laughs> and at the end. That's insane. And he got this thing to perform at 470 miles per gallon. That is amazing. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, even today, like whatever motorcycle you're buying from the showroom, they they can be about 60 miles per gallon. Yeah, that's pretty depending good. Depending on the model, you know, but that's like a ballpark general-ish uh, fuel economy, which is great. I mean, yeah, hybrid I'm, cars are... Yeah, hybrid cars can get... Yeah, I'm just basing it off the Prius that my mom had. They It could get 60, but that was like the top. If you if it was like And that's really like, hot. it might hit that for a moment, you yeah, know? But yeah. yeah, you know, they might be around 50 on like a normal drive. Yeah, it, um, and even and even less sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's amazing that you yeah. can get around on that kind of gas mileage. Now granted, on a motorcycle, kind of two people is the max. Right. So and if you you're... can't buy too many groceries. <laughs> True. I mean, if you're getting four people around in a in a hybrid, that's you know better than having one person yeah. zipping but around. But considering how frequently cars, especially in this country, I don't know about other countries, but um, usually there's one person in the car anyway. Totally. So if there's usually one person in the car, maybe a motorcycle is a better bet. Yeah, I wouldn't even say maybe. I would say for sure. If it's just one person in a car compared to one person on a, on a motorcycle, yeah, of course, the motorcycles. Except for, did you look up any, this is such a downer, but because motorcycles are very dangerous. Uh-huh. I did look that up. And this is what we're going to... I probably shouldn't have ended on this. No, I apologize. I'm going to make you whip out another fun fact at the end. Okay, I can make one up real quick. <laughs> um, so according to the U.S. Department of Transportation, and I don't know if this number would be higher or lower in other countries. I would suspect lower, but that's just speculation. According to the Department of Transportation, motorcycle fatalities per mile traveled are 37 times higher than in cars. Mm, yeah, see, that's heartbreaking. Which is sad. Yeah. That's a lot. That's way more. Because it's just when you're... Uh, I don't know if I'm right about this, but I've always understood it. Just if you're in traffic with cars, especially with the kinds of cars that are on the road here, which include massive SUVs, how are you competing with this? And then, obviously, there's the factor of you're exposed. And so if you're in an accident, um, you can get thrown. And, and, and luckily, I think probably most people nowadays do wear helmets, but helmets yeah. can only go so far. Yeah. There are definitely states where helmets are not mandatory. I really? Know, yeah, in Pennsylvania. Are you kidding? No, you, you can... can ride a motorcycle on the street without a helmet? Yep. Wow. You can ride it on the highway without a helmet. That's rough. That's a rough decision. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... Um, but I think it's important to talk bold. about, you know? It's important just to, to note that it's that it 
there are all these great things about motorcycles mm-hmm. and they're very cool and they're fuel efficient and I do think they're a great option for people especially the way we live in a city um, if you need to get around and and you have a commute to work that doesn't involve highways and things like yeah. that why not it's a great option but um, but it's play also this recording back I know you when right I'm trying to buy one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but there but there's also that the safety factor that you just have to be aware of. Definitely, and, and I, be I, smart and be safe and wear a helmet even if your state doesn't tell you to. Come seriously, on. Okay. that's just in, that's really insane. That really is insane. Yeah. Cool. All right, tell me another fun fact. Tell me it. Um, I have an idea. So okay, oh, so I, Zach and I. Uh, this is an ongoing thing. Zach wants a motorcycle. He loves motorcycles. I always say no because I think they're dangerous. Also, like, we don't need a motorcycle. But uh, <laughs> You don't need a motorcycle. But it, we always see them, and it's like I said in the intro, I never know if it's a cool one or not. Zach has very specific um, ideals for motorcycles. So tell me a few. Tell me a couple that you know that these are cool ones that you love. Just for the people out there who maybe know motorcycles and can... Sharing your joy. Okay. Um, a Triumph Bonneville. That is a very, very cool motorcycle. Uh, any a Honda Dual Sport, and I should have said this earlier, Dual Sport, like street and trail is kind of what they're commonly known as as mm-hmm. well. You know, the ones that can off-road and on the street. Any Honda street and trail from like the 70s, so like a CBs, like things like that. Um, and then modern ones, I mean... I know, like, Yamaha makes it really cool. It looks kind of like a Triumph uh, Bonneville. Um, yeah, I mean, there are there are a lot. And then that's those are just street ones, you know, like dirt bikes. Every dirt bike ever is super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Very nice. Well, cool. Did you have fun learning about motorcycles? I sure did, yeah. Great. This was really cool. Awesome. And like I said, I didn't know which area to really focus in on, so I figured we would just... As much as we could brush over the history. Yeah, see where they came from. It's good to know. Yeah. Cool. Nice work. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you are a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30MinutexpertPodcast, that's 30MinutexpertPodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.